Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Deep Dive Podcast today. Uh, we have a great episode um, with uh, three sports uh, topics for you and a culture topic just for you guys. Uh, Anthony, do you want to get right into the action? Most definitely, Justin. Uh, it's been quite a week. Lots of action in the baseball world, lots of action in really all sports worlds, uh, in my opinion. But definitely something that we really haven't spoken about that much. Our favorite team in baseball right now, the New York Yankees. Um, where do we start? I mean, look, honestly, the question for the past couple of years is, will the Yankees get it done? Um, do you think that this is finally the year? Um, obviously, they went out and uh, signed a pitcher, Taylon, the from the Braves. Uh, they signed him. He's got a nasty sidearm and super excited to see what he's going to do. But, Justin, do you think that this is going to be the year for the Yankees? Do you think that they will win the World Series this year or – what do you think? Do you think that this is going to end the drought? Yeah, I, I, I hope so every year, but it's not going to be that case this year once again. So I have a good explanation for that. So the Yankees had a phenomenal offseason, right? Really couldn't get any much better than what they uh, – not phenomenal, but they, the two key, key pieces they lost were Masahiro Tanaka. Yep. Uh, he went back to J- Japan to go pitch. Um, At least he's not in the MLB. <laughs> and um, they lost uh, Tommy Kingley to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who I considered the best reliever on the Yankees, who, who was the best reliever on the Yankees. Um, so to go over some of the, the additions the Yankees got, uh, they added starting pitcher Corey Kluber, um, once was one of the better best pitchers in the league. Uh, from the, He was on the Cleveland Indians. Then he went to the Texas Rangers. Then they also added uh, – Jamison Talion uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Garrett Cole uh, and him were um, a big duo in Pittsburgh for a very long time there. And now Talion's a Yankee. And another, uh, I think, very underrated uh, pickup for the Yankees recently was uh, relief pitcher Darren O'Day. Um, That's why I met my fault earlier. Um, he has a filthy sidearm. Yep. I, and he posted great numbers last season. And I think – also, fact, I think his- – I think Sorry, his last strikeout I wanted to mention was uh, against Mookie Betts in the NLCS. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything, but uh, but yeah. So I think O'Day was a great addition for the Yankees, and also I really like the move of getting rid of Adavino. Um, you basically got Darren O'Day for I believe two point five million, and got rid of Adavino's contract to the Red Sox. For nine million, and O'Day's, I in my opinion, is better than Adavino. Adavino was inconsistent all year long and cost the Yankees a few games, which I did not like. But yes, they added. No, no it's going to be the story about the Yankees. It, it's always the story. It's all what ifs, like what ifs. What if yeah. Corey Huber uh, plays like his old Cy Young form? What if Talion doesn't get injured this season? What if Severino returns and returns to his uh like his prime form. It's all what ifs. Same thing with the Yankees uh, hitting. It's all what ifs. And and you can't, as a team, you can't live on what if, what if that, what if that happens. You're not going to win a World Series that way because the odds are not everything's going to go your way as you plan it to. And another key thing I want to get out there is that the Yankees hitting, I don't, they didn't do anything other than resign D.J. LeMahieu. Obviously, that's massive. That was the biggest thing that they did all offseason because they had to. Their best hitter. Yep. But honestly, we're looking at it. 
I don't think I can't name another hitter that's more uh, that's consistent every day, comes in, gets clutch hits, and really is just a great all-around ball player. Other than DJ LeMahieu, I know yeah, you're gonna say call me crazy, Aaron Judge, but know what? Aaron Judge is not a consistent player. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna call you crazy at all. I agree with you. Gio Urshela is not a consistent player. Glaber Torres is not a consistent player. Clint Frazier, I'll go. I'll go on. I'll go on. Especially, especially Gary Sanchez. God, he just he's. I know. He, he just has his little. You know big something. Something I want to point out. You're right. You're 100 right. Um, I agree. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a season for the Yankees. Um, Never yes, the 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 main goal right this year for this offseason was re-sign DJ LeMahieu. They pulled through with it. There was hopes that we were going to sign Brantley. Unfortunately, we didn't. He went, ended up going to the Toronto Blue Jays along with uh, what's it, Springer, right? Or yeah, yeah, which is to me is just scary knowing that we're going to have to deal with that along with the rest of that Blue Jays team, which is looking pretty good right now. But you know what? I I can't I, I the Yankees need to go out and get another hitter who can exactly like you mentioned hit on a night in, night out basis consistently. Every player on in our lineup except for LeMahieu and maybe no, I can't even think of anyone else right now. Literally only DJ LeMahieu is a home run hitter. They're only swinging for the seats. Yep. They need to get players that are going to hit the singles, the doubles, the even the triples for that matter, mm-hmm. that will get players on base, load the bases up, and get momentum going for the team. You can't just rely on players to hit the home runs because eventually, like we saw a couple years ago, yeah, we were hitting home runs. But once we got to the playoffs, the pitchers get better. The pitchers are going to know how to throw at us, and they're and it's not going to work. We can't just rely on home runs for hits. We need players like DJ LeMahieu who will load the bases, bring runs in off of maybe singles, doubles, like I said, for that matter, triples. But that's what I'm saying. Like It, it just it needs to the, – the front office needs to figure this out because – there's no way we're going to win a World Series with eight home run hitters in our lineup. We need maybe six or seven consistent hitters and maybe three home run hitters. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, yeah. I, I just want to point something out, though, real quick about the Odovino trade. Yes, Odie was very inconsistent throughout the year. But in my opinion... That is the worst place he could have ended up. Who cares? The Red Sox suck. They yes, suck. but think about it. Think about how Steinbrenner's feeling right now. Like he, yeah, obviously he passed away, but and rest in peace to him. But he must be turning in his grave right now. The old man would never do a trade with the Red Sox. You never give a player to the enemy. Who they, knows they if suck. this guy in three years from now is going to be an outstanding reliever? They suck. Yes, they, they suck, suck, but that's not my point. They you got don't a give a player pitcher. to the enemy. They got a better pitcher. I don't know. I just I don't like that trade. 
I think we could have traded him somewhere else. And as much as I hate the Red Sox, I I think that this is a horrible trade. As much as, like I said, as much as I hate the Red Sox because they're not getting, and I'm happy that they're not getting a good player, I don't think that this is the right place to put him. Because okay. God forbid he comes and burns us in a year or two, and when we need a win or something like that, that's when we're going to be looking back on this trade and we're going to be like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have traded him to the Red Sox. Which I don't think will happen because, like I, like you mentioned, you know, the Red Sox will never be good for the next five years or so. Obviously, they're not – they don't have any young guys that are playing well right now. Mm, that's not true. But, like, bro, like, think about it. Like, why would you give Otavino to the Red Sox? Like I said, Steinbrenner never traded anyone to the Red Sox. The last deal – that happened between the Yankees and the Red Sox was the Ellsbury deal. Mm-hmm. And that we saw how that deal ended up. We're still paying Ellsbury to this day. Yep. For God's sake. Horrible trade. Yes. We got so, screwed from that shit. That's what I'm saying. Like in in these types of trades, we're not getting anything out of it. Why are we doing that? Yeah. Uh that's just my point. Like, obviously, like we got rid of a great amount of cap, like you mentioned, nine million a year is a great thing to get rid of, especially when he's not producing for us. But you know, and and like you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the Tommy Canley trade, which or uh, move, which was unfortunate because I really liked him from what I saw this year. Um, clearly, he had a lot of potential. Unfortunately, he went out with his uh, Tommy John surgery. But come on, man, like to the Red Sox, like. That's just that's to me that's sad. And that's I sad. I think Steinbrenner is churning in his grave right now. I don't know what's so sad, but I'd be more pissed off about Tommy Kingley going to the Dodgers, a team who won the World Series last year. I don't know. I wouldn't be worried about Adovino going to the Red Sox at the moment. Yes, I'm pissed about that, but the things I'm pissed more that we just gave a player to the Red Sox. Yeah, and we benefited okay. from that. Anyways. But, moving on. Well, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. No, no, no. I want to. I want to say something else. Oh, okay. Regarding um, the Yankees, I think we need a a, a closer. I, Chapman. Look, no, 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 no. Chapman has put no, no, no. us in so many Stop. bad situations, Stop. bro. Yes. No, no, no. That's not fair for you to say. Yes, he's had back-to-back postseasons where he's lost the game for us. I'm not disagreeing with you. Not just in the postseason, bro. Look at the regular season. How many? No, times? No, no, he, no, no, no. He brought a, a, he was, a, a blowout game to a nail-biter. Year. He was amazing last year. He was amazing the previous year. He's been great all his career. He's not. He doesn't have the best postseason history, but I don't think that's fair for you to say that. Aroldis Chavin's one of the – no, he – He's definitely maybe the best closing pitcher in the league, maybe very close to it. You, I don't think that's fair to say. Look, I'm not denying he's good. I'm just saying we need another closer, bro. Like, well, no, 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 we can't, no we can't bring in we can't bring in Chapman every night from from the middle of the eighth inning until the end of the game, and then have him put up a run or so. And then that doesn't just, happen that often. You're just going based on what happens in the oh, postseason. He posted a 2.0 like ERA last year. How are you going to say that's not good for a closer that pitches? What do you mean? That's fucking amazing. For a closer, for a closer, what the fuck does that mean? That's amazing. You're averaging two runs per a game, basically. How the hell are you going to say that's not good for a starting pitcher? That's freaking Cy Young material. 
Yes, Does obviously. No, it's just like it's just like starting pitching. But we're talking about a closer. It it's the same thing. Doesn't matter if they come in for one inning. That's amazing. Okay, if that's what you think. That, no, that's horrible. That's a horrible take. A 2.0 ERA is amazing for a closing pitcher. A 3.0 ERA is great for a closing pitcher. Okay, like, that's what you think. But, no, it's true. I don't. I don't know how you're saying that. Okay, that's blasphemy. All right. So I'm just saying, I would like if we can go and get someone there. If we can, for fuck's sake, reincarnate Mariano Rivera for God's sake, so he can come in and just shut the other team down, fucking knock the shit out of them, and just fucking close out the game without letting up a run or letting up a couple hits that will make me bite my fucking nails off at the end of the game. That's what I'm saying. Okay, Anthony. Okay, if you say so. But uh, let me get my point out here. So another key thing for the Yankees, and I, I just want to note this. Rose Chavin had, a, I think, a, around 2.0 ERA. Guess what Mariano Rivera's average ERA was, and he's considered the best closing pitcher uh, of all time. What was it, like 2.5 2, or something? 2.2 like ERA, exactly. So shut up, Anthony. Sickening. Uh, Sickening. All right, whatever. You're basically saying that Mario, Mariano Rivera wasn't a good pitcher, good closing pitcher. No, but pitcher. Mariano Rivera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariano That's Rivera. what you just said. That's basically what you just said based on your take on ERA for a closing pitcher. You basically just said that Mariano Rivera wasn't a good closing pitcher. All right, all right. That's what you're saying. All right, so. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm not right. saying Mariano Rivera was a bad closing pitcher because okay. we know who Mariano Rivera is and we okay. don't get for the Yankees organization. Okay. So uh, let me get to my final point. So uh, the big, the the biggest thing of all for the Yankees is clutch hitting. They don't have that. Uh, they leave so many men on base every game, and it's so painful to watch every single time. Uh, the only two, the only guys they step that step up is DJ Mayhew, Luke Voigt. I'll note as well. He steps up True. in big, uh, big moments. But other than that, like everyone else, they'll have their moments obviously. But when it matters most, they don't step up, and you can't – that's not a World Series winning team. Like, I want to look back at the last time we won the World Series, 2009. We had clutching all around. Uh, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Desher, Hideki Matsui. list goes on. Like, yeah, I mean, had... I, was, I was just looking at um, Talking Yanks, which is an uh, Instagram account. I mean, that I was listening to Matt Damon, actually. Matt Damon. I saw that. I yeah. love him. I and I love him as a player. Um, and I was looking at, at the video and I was like, damn, like that lineup, like looking back on it, obviously, you know, I was seven years old watching that world series, but looking back on it now, just knowing how much of an impact those players had on that world series is in, insane to me. And I'm like, damn, I wish we could recreate that. Yeah. And it's not like they had any player that was like swinging for the fences all the time, other than maybe like A-Rod, but A-Rod was clutch as well. Even though yeah, he the, had the clutch factor, even even though he was on the roads, but but he had the clutch factor. Everybody did on that team. I mean, look, it's all to see, but hopefully the Yankees pull can pull something off this year. Maybe make a big trade. Maybe do something that can get us a. I, I think they're done. I think they're done. We'll see. So let's move on to our next topic. This is going to be a culture related topic, but definitely something that's been in the news. Um, and just I'll kind of explain so you kind of understand. But uh, a couple uh, earlier on in the podcast, we talked about Tony Lopez 
who's a famous TikToker and got caught uh, grooming. Um, if you don't know what grooming is, it's basically kind of like leading on or talking to younger uh, children, minors specifically. Um, and sure enough, you know, he has a twin brother, Andreas Lopez, um, and who's also TikTok famous. And sure enough, the same thing happened to him. Man, I got caught lacking. Man, got caught lacking. His, even like, it was crazy because there was literally like a video, excuse me, of him talking on the phone with the, it's a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just crazy to me. Like how, like you're fucking like 20 some years old. Like, and we said this before, like, and I think, I think, I feel like I made a good point on this. Like, these are young kids. Like you're teaching the young generation this, like these, these girls like or these children, like look up to you. Like, I mean, we've seen how much of an impact like TikTok has had on like our generation specifically. And I think I speak for both of us. Like when I say that, but like to see like them, like kind of like taking advantage of their power and like kind of like, having such a bad impact on that younger generation is just disgusting to me. And like for them, for, for these two guys who are both like, who are brother twin brothers, like for them to be caught doing the same exact thing, like, and, and in this situation, especially like Andre ha- has a girlfriend, like imagine how she's feeling. Like, and she, her, I don't know if you know who she is, Hannah stalking, but she, she got famous off of vine. Um, and like, she has had her fame for years now but like it's just kind of crazy to think like damn like her life probably like her name is tarnished by now like to think that she was dating someone who was a pedophile like I think that's just I I feel bad for her and like I don't know like something that just like was running through my head like what if you're like these guys parents yeah like how how disgusted are you that both of your sons got caught doing the same thing i would disown them <laughs> like, I, I i would do the same like i i just like i can't fathom having going all for two. Oh, they went they really went they really went all for two that's on right. like on I, normal people i don't like that analogy that's kind of fucked up <laughs> but they that's i'm i'm just saying like they went all for two on like not having pedophiles dog like bruh they're fucking 20-some years old, and they're fucking talking to, like, 14- and 15-year-olds. Like, that's disgusting to me. Yeah, I don't know. Something, I don't know. It could be something fucking mentally wrong with them. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. But, like, bro, like, you'd think at least Andre would learn from the other brother's mistake. But clearly- well, it, it, it might have happened, like, before, and then it just had, hadn't come out, like, before. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just, like, it's just such a fucked situation, like. Bro, like, come on, man. Just, like, like you see how all of these people are getting canceled for doing shit like this nowadays, and I'm just, like, and people still do, and I'm, like, like, how, like, literally last week, right, we were talking about uh, Call Me Carson and how, like, he was in a similar situation, and, like, we saw how much repercussions he's faced, like, as far as just, like, getting, like, completely disowned by the internet or, like, canceled, you know? So, honestly, I think that's just really disappointing to see. Um, and unfortunately, obviously we can't get rid of pedos, but that's how it's like, there's always going to be weird people in society, but all right. That was, that was quick. I mean, but there's really not much to say other than that's fucking disgusting. And that if you are doing that shit, you're fucking weird. Um, yep. 
but let's let's move on to a conversation that Justin, I know you're wanting to have. Um, do you think that should Brady win this Super Bowl, which would be his seventh Super Bowl, um, and give him his seventh ring in his tenth Super Bowl appearance? Do you think that Mahomes will ever even come close to that accomplishment, or even at for that matter, be considered the goat? Well, he he could come close to it, but he'll never be considered the goat if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. Never, I mean that never. Patrick Mahomes could win seven, eight, or nine Super Bowls. He won't be considered the goat in my opinion, as he lost to Tom Brady when Patrick Mahomes was in his prime. He had Travis Kelsey in his prime, Tyree Kill in his prime, and Tom Brady, forty-three years old, on a brand new team, first year ever, first year he's ever in the NFC ever, goes to the Super Bowl, beats Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and guess what? Also, we can't forget about two years ago, Patrick Mahomes lost to Tom Brady as well in the AFC Conference Championship game. Yep. Great point. So basically, that basically what people will be saying, even if Mahomes, I don't believe he'll ever get to eight or nine. He, I, I think he'll get, in my prediction, I'll, I'll say between four and six. I was, gonna, I was going to say five or six. So uh, That's what I would say for him. But um, if ever a comparison comes out and people try to say Mahomes is the GOAT, People are just going to say, well, Brady beat him when it mattered most in the two biggest games of potentially Patrick Mahomes' career. Yep, for this, sure. Th- this game is the biggest game Patrick Mahomes will ever play in, and that's including last year's Super Bowl, in my opinion. <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes wins, he has a shot. Of be- I, I don't, that doesn't mean he, he becomes the GOAT. Cause but he definitely, Patrick- get, he definitely increases his chances by all. Oh, of Let's course. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any way possible where uh, there's a situation where Tom Brady wins and Patrick Mahomes uh, will ever be the greatest of all time, or or will be considered the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think obviously Brady is on his second team in his career. Um, first year, obviously, takes him to the Super Bowl. Huge respect to him. You can't discredit that. Um, but you have to face the facts here. I mean, Mahomes is in his – exactly like you mentioned, he's in his prime. He has Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in the league right now, in his prime. Um, Ty, uh, excuse me. Uh, Travis Kelsey, also in his prime. Plenty of other players in their primes on that team. And I think that if this is if, – if any game mattered as much as any of Tom Brady's did, this is the one. Um, I think Tom Brady has solidified his name as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Um, I think this one, I think this one, this one is going to be the one for Mahomes if, if he wants to be considered in that conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, obviously we know who Brady is. Brady has the resume to back it up. Mahomes has nowhere near that resume, but you know what? Should it, should it ever be considered close? This is going to be the game that matters most. Um, just like, just like you said, I mean, there's no other way to put it. This is, this is going to be the one that will, in my opinion, dictate if in the future, in 10 years from now, when Patrick Mahomes' uh, contract is up, um, you know, will he really be considered for that? And, you know, obviously the GOAT, like being considered the GOAT is no easy feat. I mean, we see, I feel like, in my opinion, um, kind. I, I, it might be a little outlandish to say, but 
I feel like this kind of debate could be like a MJ and LeBron type of debate where, yeah, like maybe like, I mean, we see like both MJ and Brady have six rings, right? Right now, LeBron has five rings. Um, or so, I'm sorry, four, my bad. Um, could be five after this season if they win. Um, but like, think about it. Like Mahomes has one. He's looking at a possible two after this year, which to me would be insane. What is that? In four years? Yeah. Well, three years? Two out of three playing years. Three playing years. Yeah, that's right. Because he had that one year where he was backing up um, in his rookie year. But honestly, I think this is this is going to be the one for him if he wants if he really wants to be considered in that conversation, this has to be a big game for him. He has to go out and just torch him. And who knows? But, I mean, definitely this is, like like I said on the last episode, this could be, in all honesty, one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. And no doubt in my mind will go down in history as one of the best games of all time because just looking at the talent on both of these teams, I think it's going to be such an incredible game to watch. For but, sure, for sure. But I want to add something. Mm-hmm. So let's play a scenario out. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, wins his seventh ring. He doesn't retire. He's back next year. You already yep. know Patrick Mahomes is back. Those boys in Kansas City, they both go back to the Super Bowl. In a rematch. Which, which would go against your prediction of the Patriots and no, I'm, I'm playing a scenario. That's why it's called right, a right. scenario. Okay. Okay. Not, not, uh, not facts. Uh, let's <laughs> say Patrick Mahomes wins Super Bowl 56 against Tom Brady. Do you think it's just too late at this point because Tom Brady already got him best once? Or I, I don't know. Because it's like I feel like at that point we're kind of bringing in like a similar conversation like like with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, like obviously like we talked about this going into last week's game. Like should he lose? Is his legacy tarnished? I want to say his legacy tarnished, but I do feel like that that does sum up a conversation for who's the GOAT because, you know, Tom Brady in the end beat him and yeah. beat him at his own game because it's the NFC. Aaron Rodgers has been in the NFC his entire career. Tom Brady has one year in the NFC. So I think that's where, like, you know, we have to keep that into consideration. So, but we'll see. Like, honestly, it's going to be a great game no matter what. The result is and either way I'm gonna be happy because you know in the end Brady's gonna Brady could win his seventh ring um as much as I hate him you gotta give respect to him, to him. you hate and him why do you hate him because he's just that damn good yeah yeah that's what I thought regardless of that fact Mahomes still a credible talent um so don't yeah. worry you'll hate Patrick Mahomes in 10 years Maybe not as much as Brady, but we'll see. Oh, you'll, you'll as long as he doesn't have the cheating scandals. Nah, all those are shit. Fuck that, man. <sighs> okay, so for our last topic of the day, uh, we're going to be talking about a hot topic going around in sports right now. Um, in my opinion, the second most valuable player in all of football right now, Deshaun Watson, has re- officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. Apparently, he's requested a trade a few weeks uh, prior to – um, yesterday, but um, it officially came out today. I mean, yesterday. And um, I just want to share some news um, about what the Texans management and coaching have said about this. Yep, I've seen that as well. Um, 
Texans GM Nick Casero uh, previously with New England. Um, he said, I just want to reiterate um, our commitment to, to Deshaun Watson. We have zero interest in trading the player. We have a great plan and vision for him. We look forward to spending more time with him. So he's, he's optimistic that maybe things can change. And then Texans uh, recently hired head coach uh, David Coley. Um, he said, the reason I'm in this position today is because I know he's going to be a Houston Texan. So he said he knows he's going to be a Houston Texan. So that's, I, I don't uh, know. That's very bold, but um, it's like I, for me, like, I feel like I've seen this situation all too many times before. Like, but no, 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 no. but you have to understand this is not, you could, yeah, you could compare the DeAndre Hopkins if you want to the situation. No, this is not what that's not what I'm talking well, no, about. I'm talking about this, this a Le'Veon Bell, no, 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 Brown no, type of situation. No, 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 this is exactly what you're doing. I don't, I don't like doing that because. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, even though they were amazing, they were amazing players in their prime, they're not comparable, not even close to Deshaun Watson and what he brings to a team. He is the second you can't tell me Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell is more like anywhere near valuable than Deshaun Watson is to any franchise. Like I said before, Deshaun Watson is the second most valuable quarterback in the NFL right now. No, no, not quarterback, valuable player. Period. Behind Patrick Mahomes. Considering his age and talent. He is no doubt the second most valuable player in, in the NFL right now. And okay. the Texans are going to do any, everything in their power possible to make sure he stays in Houston. And I think – I'm not going to doubt the, their management right away. And there, there's still a lot of time in the offseason left for things to get figured out. Yes. You know so, what? You're, you're, you're definitely right. Um, the Deshaun Watson situation is just – it's sad because obviously – you know, Houston's a, I, w- I would say is a small market team. Um, con- I'll, I'll, say considering, I'll say medium. Yeah, medium. Just considering they're relatively new, like, keep in mind, you know, they're, they just came into the league in 2002, right? Houston's so, a great city, though. It is a great city, and I'm not going to deny that. But let's, let's understand the facts, right? Deshaun Watson is a huge name, and you're right. I think any team would go as far to keep him, a player like him. So, honestly, like, I feel like there is a chance he leaves, but I can see a situation where next year we see him staying in Houston and, and playing there. Because, and you know, like you said, it's a new management. There's no way you can doubt them. You know, there's a lot of stuff that they can offer him uh, to make him stay. They can do a lot to make him stay, too. But I don't know. I was just like... Just seeing the way that he has reacted to this situation, I just don't know if if it if that relationship could stay intact. I just well, I don't see it. There, he doesn't even have like he never even established a relationship with their management in the first place and coaching because Nick Casero is brand new. Their head coach is brand new. Yeah, there, there's a lot of new things going on with their team right now. So yeah. he hasn't been been able to establish those relationships yet with the team and uh, staff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it's just a very weird situation because like, you hate to see that happen, right? Like, well, I I love, I love to see this happen. This this is great for the NFL. This is so great for all I mean, yeah, sports. It it brings it brings like publicity. It's great for the, but like, the Patriots. The Patriots aren't gonna get shit. The Patriots are not getting Deshaun Watson unless they give up like 
half their freaking team, bro. Yeah. Like you, like I mean, you literally said this on like one of the previous episodes. The Patriots are the least talented team in the NFL right now. Yeah, and we're gonna get Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Oh, no, you're not, bro. Yeah. Please, please. Okay, so uh, let's move on. So, so, um, so the main reason we're having this discussion today, um, we did a little follower story, um, mm-hmm. question, um for our followers on Instagram at the deep dive pod. And we asked them where they think the Sean Watson will land if he's traded um, this off season. So um, our first response is from at fdb.dorian. Um, he said the Jets are going to be um, the landing spot for Deshaun Watson. So how do you feel about that, Anthony? Uh, I don't know. Like we, we, I feel like a couple of people did say that, um, but I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, we already spoke about this last episode and I mentioned it and we, we agreed that it was it was fake. You know, it's it's I don't see him coming to the Jets. Yeah, that, that, There's a possibility that they give up Sam Darnold, um, maybe the second overall pick for him. That, that that's a key thing. That's more. why the Jets could get they have they have a realistic shot at getting Deshaun yeah, Watson. But I just I don't I don't know. I, I don't see that him. second overall pick is so valuable. It is. Um, that's basically, and, and that's, that's and basically you know what it, it is even more valuable considering Houston doesn't even have a, a pick within the top yeah, 10 no. considering it's given exactly. to the Miami Dolphins but suppose but, suppose wait suppose you get that pick from the Jets right or the right. Dolphins let's just say um that that means you're you're guaranteed to get a top quarterback either Zach Wilson Justin Fields or Trey Lance right but that's what let's let's that, let's put it this way right that's huge that's huge yeah it's huge but who else are you going to get in that trade? Because Deshaun Watson is not just worth oh, number two oh, pick. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're getting more players. You could get, uh, I'll think of a name, Marcus May, free safety. Yep. He's an That's absolute stud. Uh, I guess the Jets. I mean, are, in I my opinion, it, that, was the one, that was the one highlight of the Jets this entire season. For real. But, uh, but no, they got they got another first-round pick. They got Sam Donald. They got some They got some trade value. So another – anyways, so moving on to our next one uh, – our, our good friend Ryan Sonell said the Giants. Um, oh, you know what? No, no, no. As much as, let no, me, let me say something. Let, let me say something, please. He's a phony. He's a phony. He's all a realistic Giants fan right here. Daniel this Jones. And then happen. he's like, oh, I this want is, this. What? This what? is not going to happen. This no. is not going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen. No, and I think with the most realistic prediction, Derek Heim, uh, the Dolphins. In my opinion, this is one of the most realistic set- setups uh, for Deshaun Watson, I think that if anywhere, if it had to happen, I think realistically, uh, Miami would be the place. Um, just considering that you know Miami has a young quarterback that they're willing to trade, um, they've clearly expressed that. But it would be very interesting to see. Um, obviously, the offseason is a very long period of time, and there's tons of time. And we hope that you know, obviously, we want the we want the major stories. But definitely very interesting to see. But Justin, uh, I, I changed my mind on my um, our previous uh, when we predicted where Deshaun would land. Yep. If he got and you I, did say I, he's going to stay. I no, no 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 no. I changed my mind. I said for whether he got traded. If he got traded, where would he land? And I changed my mind on that. Whether he um, where he gets traded, I said the 49ers. Yep. That was like a likely scenario. Yep. I changed, I changed my mind. I'm um, picking the Carolina Panthers for him Oof, to get traded. That's even – honestly, crazy. like, I could see that happening. So, I, I have a nice little mock trade here that I would like to say. So, the Texans would get in the trade, the eighth overall pick, 
the 39th overall pick in uh, 2021 NFL draft. They would get the Panthers 2022 first round pick and the 2023 first round pick and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. The Panthers wow. would get Deshaun Watson, a 2022 third round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. Wow. I mean, that's, that's just interesting because think about it. Like think about Christian McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson on the same field together, along with Robbie Anderson, D, uh, DJ Moore, right. Yeah. Um, and, and plenty of other talent. So yeah. very interesting, but mm-hmm. uh, Justin, I think we can uh, wrap it up there. This is definitely a very interesting episode. Lots of great stuff to talk about the Yankees, uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> Andre Lopez, the other Lopez brother, uh, and even Deshaun Watson. So, guys, thanks for tuning into this episode, and we'll see you on the next episode. Justin? Peace out.